0: Bethel World Outreach Church Reaching a city to touch the world Thank you Lord for your presence Thank you Thank you Thank you because being the God of all creation the Lord over heavens and earth the one who speaks the words, and things are created. Yet you are, yet you are here so near to us, so close to us, so we can touch you. We can hear you. We can sense you. Thank you. We don't take for granted the richness of your presence, of your love among us. Thank you for your presence. Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that you will speak to us through your spirit. That as I open my mouth and the word comes forth, that it will be your voice, the one that is spoken. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. It's an honor to be with you tonight. Uh, We are on a series in the church. Uh, Can I ask you a favor? When you come to this side of the sanctuary, it's not that many of us, Look, most of the pastors are out of town this week, so you can use these front seats. They are anointed, so if you start shaking, we will... Get you up and start laying on hands on, on people. We have been on a series uh, called the Path, and it's talking about how as believers we can grow in our knowledge of God and our involvement in the church. The idea uh, during this uh, this coming month is that on Wednesday we're going to expound on what we touch. On Sunday, so Sunday is the big sermon, and on Wednesday we're going to expound uh, on what is, has been taught on on Sunday. Sunday we had Lynette Lewis. Uh, how many of you heard her last Sunday? Wasn't she great? That was an amazing, amazing sermon. Of course, it had a little bit of a different twist since it was Mother's Day, but Mother's Day is over. We are back to laundry and cleaning toilets. So. Um, we're going to talk today, when Lynette on Sunday, when she spoke about listening to the voice, that our voice is formed by the voices that we listen to. And she mentioned the voice of our mothers that we listen to and how much influence they have to form uh, who we are and to form our own voices. And then she said, uh, the voice of God the way we speak as well. So the voices that we hear will tune our own voice. So if we hear, listen to the voice of our mother, we listen to the voice of God, and we listen to the voice of others in the community of of God, then our voice will be tuned to speak uh, with its own sound, but to speak according to the word of God. Since Mother Day is over and all we have done today is clean the house, we are going to focus on one of those voices, and it's the voice of God. If there's any question that I recurrently hear or I am asked is, how do I discern the voice of God? So how I, do I discern the voice of God? What I find out from most believers is they want to listen to the voice of God. The problem that they encounter is that even they want to listen, it seems like they are either not listening to anything It says, I don't hear, I really want to hear the voice of God, but it seems like I don't hear anything. Or other times, I'm sensing this, but I'm so unsure, I am shaking and trembling, because I don't know if what I'm hearing is the voice of God, is my own voice, is the voice of the enemy, and I get more... it seems like every time I sense something, it I get more stressed because I wanna discern where this voice is coming from. So we all as believers want to listen to the voice of God. We truly, truly and and I think you will agree with me how many times I have told the Lord, God, tell me something, yeah, anything, I promise I will obey. The one thing I cannot take is uncertainty. Uh, If I know that I need to cross fire, I will do it for you and with you. But if you don't tell me anything, I don't know if I should cross the fire or the waters, then I don't know which way to go. God wants to speak. God does speak, and that's the point that I want to touch on tonight. Let's go to the letter to the Hebrews. And I have changed a little bit the order of the verses that we're going to read. So we're going to read Hebrews 1 first before we go into the main passage that we're going to use tonight. And Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, this is what the Word of God says in Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. It says long ago and many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world what this verse, these verses, is telling us in just the introduction of the letter is that God speaks. It says before He has spoken through our, to our fathers through the prophets and many times in many ways. Now He has spoken to us through His Son. And now the letter, the reason. I wanted to read these first verses to set the tone. This is not our main verse. The letter of, to the Hebrews is a letter where it expounds on these first verses. It says, God has spoken through his son, Jesus Christ. And what the author of Hebrew does, he explains how God has spoken through his son. And he starts, he does so by comparing how God has spoken before and how he speaks through his son now. He said, God spoke to us even through angels, but greater than angels is Jesus Christ. Then he says, God spoke through us through Moses, but somebody greater than Moses is Jesus Christ. God spoke through, to us in, even in visual forms through the sacrifices because he ordered to us to offer sacrifices in the temple as symbolic of what he wanted to do for us. He, he knew that many of us are not just listeners, we are visual learners and he ordered sacrifices so that we would understand how serious sin is and what he wants to do to cover us with his blood so he spoke through the sacrifices and all the ordinances that he had set forth to our fathers but now we have a greater sacrifice who is Jesus Christ and then it keeps going says God has spoken before through the high priest the high priest that entered into God's presence on a yearly basis and presented the sacrifices on regards of his people, God spoke through those high priests that he had established to intercede for his people. But now he has given us a greater high priest. And the book goes always comparing and showing how greater Jesus is than anything we had seen or heard before. So that's the tone of the whole epistle. But In the midst of each comparison, what the author of Hebrew does he says, therefore be aware. Therefore, take care. Take care and be careful, because the greater the revelation, the greater the responsibility to respond to such a revelation. So the whole epistles goes with these heights of Exalting Christ for what he is, what he has done, and what he has said, and then stopping almost suddenly. It's a, a quick break that the apostle, uh, the author of Hebrew, does. He, he hits the break says, But wait, be careful, because it's easy to slip. So you have to pay attention, and then keeps going with the comparison. And then suddenly it hits the break again. And he says, Be aware. Be aware that great revelation, if what Christ has revealed is so great, so how we ought to respond. And now we go to chapter 5, verse 11. It's probably the second, third break that is in this letter. And this is what it says. He had been speaking about Jesus being the high priest, how great he is as our priest, that he didn't enter with an animal, a blood, but he entered with his own blood, not to the temple made with our hands, but to the actual temple that holds the presence of God, heaven, the throne of God itself. He says, look how great the revelation that we have. Now, now therefore, this is the break that he says, verse 11. And it says, about this, talking about Jesus being the high priest and how great he is. It says, about this, we have so much to say, and it is hard to explain. Since you have become dual of hearing, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need to, someone to teach you again the basic So he says, after he's comparing how great of a high priest, how great of a revelation Christ is, this, he says, be aware of dullness. Be aware of dullness. And what he's saying here, later he will say, be aware of rebe- rebellion, because dullness may lead you to rebellion. But this far, he's not talking about rebellion yet. He's saying, be aware of dullness. What is dullness? It's spiritual and mental laziness. So it says, be aware that you receive such a great revelation that you become insensitive to the revelation that you have received and you don't hear anymore. So be aware. And And the... The warning here is that we need to pay attention because it's easy to become dual. What what was going on when the author of Hebrews wrote this letter? What was going on was many of the believers with a Jewish background, you know, most of the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote, he wrote them for for. Gentiles believers, that they had heard the gospel and had converted. Now this particular letter, I don't think it was written by Paul, but this particular letter was written for Christians that had come from Judaism. So they were used uh, to all the preaching from the Old Testament. They were used to all the sacrifices. But they had come to a point that there was so much pressure from the Jewish community, for them to go back and keep offering sacrifices. So they, ha- they were in this constant tension. How much do we need to still be doing? And some of them, just to relieve a little bit of the tension or the pressure that they were r- receiving from his, U- their Jewish brothers, their Jewish family, they were going back to Judaism. They were going back to practice all things. Not necessarily denying Christ, but just adding the other stuff so that they will live at peace. So I I guess the only thing I want is experience some relief from so much pressure for my faith. So let's go on and practice some of those things, and then I won't feel that much pressure my mama, my uncle, my whole family won't be on my toes because I didn't attend uh, the, the feast of expiation. I didn't attend this feast and I didn't offer the animal sacrifice. So the author of Hebrews tells them, look, how in the world do you think that you can offer a sacrifice when Jesus himself was offered as a sacrifice? That doesn't make sense. So how in the world do you think that a priest will do a better job than Jesus himself has done entering with his own blood into the throne of God? So don't go back and listen, listen, because you have received such a great revelation that now it has become so normal that you have become dull. We are so blessed as a nation, as southerners here, to grow in a Christian environment. Because we live in a society that is in its majority a Christian culture. Not everybody is a Christian, but the, cr- the culture itself, it has a Christian bent uh, towards Christianity. But... The downside of that is that we can become so used to what we know to be true that our ears become dull and it doesn't give us the same wonder. It doesn't give us the same sense of awe for what Jesus has done. And as believers that we have been walking with Christ for some quite some time, we need to be aware that we are not uh, exempt from the dangers of dullness. That you can come. He's not writing to people that are full-blown backslidden believers he's writing to christians that because of the revelation they have received because of the forgiveness of their sins and because of the environment that they were in they had gotten used to that revelation that it didn't cause the same wonder the same awe that it has caused at the be- cost at the beginning when they first got saved What Christ has done for us, we need to be reminded constantly of how great his sacrifice is because dullness is a real danger and if we give room to it, we can end up in full-blown rebellion. That is the next warning in the chapter. Dullness is dangerous. Why? Because it's, it's not a... It doesn't come at once. You don't become dual suddenly. You become dual little by little. It's like it doesn't have the same effect. The word the word of God, worship God, the the time with God, it doesn't have the same effect. And what the author of Hebrews is telling us here, you should by now be jumping bounces of the Understanding that you have of God's revelation. It's not that because you are a new believer and you have your first love, then that means that, ah, then you're an excited believer, and after that, the first love goes away and you are not excited anymore. That's like saying that you only get excited on your honeymoon and then the rest of your marriage is just dullness. Yeah, nobody survives with that type of mentality. You get your excitement, your honeymoon excitement, don't get me wrong, but true love in marriage develops. And if it doesn't, it does not survive. I can tell you and with all honesty that I love my husband more today than I did love him 23 years ago when we got married. And... If I can love a person that I know his shortcomings so well, Uh, if I can love a person more because I know him, because I know his heart, how much should I love a savior that doesn't have any flaw? in his life, that everything he does is good, that everything he has done is good, that he's so real, that he's so great, that he renews his mercy by the day. So where there's no room for dullness for those who come to the throne of God. It says beware of dullness. And here, I cannot say avoid dullness just playing forward. How do I avoid dullness? I need to be aware that I am prompt to it. That I am prompt to it. That I can easily take things for granted. And just don't get surprised at the fact that I am a forgiven sinner. The fact that I have eternal life. The fact that the creator of the universe lives in my heart. The one that holds the whole world in the palm of his hands has decided to be held in my own heart. If that doesn't shake you, then you are in the real danger of spiritual dullness. We don't have lack of God speaking. It's not speaking uh, loudness; is hearing lackness. The, when Jesus spoke, when he spoke and taught to his disciples, one of the things that he constantly uh, warned them, he says, look, these people have ears, but they don't hear. You, you need to be aware of that. The fact that you listen doesn't make you listen. The fact that you hear doesn't make you listen. Since these people have, hear, have ears, but they don't hear. That's the worst kind of sickness that you can have. Think that you're okay. Think that you can see. Think that you can hear. But actually, you're not hearing anything because you are uh, so dull. You are so lazy spiritually that you don't want to Help and wonder and ponder all what God has done for you. Be aware of dullness. Then he keeps going in the passage, he says, Feed on the word. Feed on the word. He says, You should be by now be teachers, but instead of being teachers, I need to keep giving you the same food over and over and over again. You need to feed on the word. How do you avoid dullness? You avoid dullness by actively seeking to feed your soul with the word of God. What happens is, what I have found out, most Christians want to hear the voice of God when they are in a crucial point in their lives and they want to take a major decision. It says, God, 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 speak to me because I don't want to take the wrong turn. But what happened? You are in a point of desperation and your own desperation doesn't let you hear anything the way that you listen and, and, and actually learn to hear the voice of God is by feeding your soul constantly my daughter is 13 years old now but one of the hardest things with her was feeding she didn't like to eat I don't know where did she come from but uh, She, it was the hardest thing. As soon as she started with solid food, she didn't care for it. I tried to, I tried everything. I tried every single thing that you can think of. Trying to feed that child that refused to eat. Since she was very, I mean, she was born in Bolivia, where uh, spanking a child is not a crime. Uh, (laughs) So I told her very, very early in life that you don't throw away food. So she was a baby. She couldn't, she couldn't walk. She couldn't uh, do any of those things. But she had just started with solid food. And if she will throw away her food, I will, yes, touch her mouth. <laughs> and let her know that that's not, that's not allowed. So... That girl, you know, she will keep, I will feed her, she will keep it inside her mouth, but won't, wouldn't swallow it. <laughs> I don't know how in the world a human being can do that, but she did it. She will keep something in her mouth, like for 10 minutes without <laughs> swallowing it. She wouldn't throw it because she knew what it was coming, but she wouldn't swallow it either. I was desperate, I talked to her pediatrician, so you know what I, what I did to feed that child in my desperation? I blended everything that she was supposed to be eating. I blended it, and while she was sleeping, I fed her in a bottle. So she has eaten mashed potatoes and mashed carrots and mashed everything in a bottle because she wouldn't eat, but she would sleep. I mean, she was a deep sleeper. Once she was out, she was out. So I will just, when, as soon as she fell asleep, I would put about. I had cut a little bit of the top of the nipple, used to be bigger, and she would suck the whole thing while asleep. So I was feeding that child just that way, and and I, I told her pediatrician, "Look, this child won't eat. I have tried everything." And she had, she was over a year then, and she wasn't eating. She was only drinking her food at night. Uh, then the pediatrician told me, you need to feed her whatever. At this point, she is so desperately needs to learn to eat that if she wants cake, give her cake. If she wants chips, give her chips. Give her whatever that she will chew and eat on her own because she needs to learn to eat. You cannot just feed her. I mean, she, I have kept the bill for her for all the pediatrician that she owes me. Uh, <laughs> tried to feed a child on that, but says she needs to learn to eat on her own. She needs. That's a skill that every human being needs for survival. That's a skill that every Christian needs for survival. That's a skill that every single believer needs for survival and how many of us that should be teachers by now are, are we asking that who is the greatest podcast out there in the christian world that we can listen to because we haven't learned to cut our own food and start eating we haven't learned to open our own bibles and learn and read a whole book of the bible we use the scripture as our christian horoscope Oh, Jesus, speak to me. <laughs> oh, Jesus, speak to me. That's not feeding on the word. That's not feeding on the word. Oh, I will, I will look at Facebook when my Christian friends have, are posting. Maybe there is a good Bible verse out there that God will speak to me today. And I want to hear the voice of God through Facebook. Uh, you need to feed your soul, constantly. Otherwise, you're in constant danger of a spiritual starvation. You're in constant danger of spiritual starvation. I thought that as long as my daughter was getting some vitamins some proteins, even in a bottle, I was doing okay. But she had to learn to do it on her own. She had to learn to do it on her own. It was a hard lesson for my child to learn to actually eat. For some of us, it may have been more natural to feed on the Word of God. Maybe some of us were born from some eating deficiency. But... It doesn't matter what your tendency is. If you're a big reader, if you're a spiritual person, if you're a fleshy person, it doesn't matter what your making is. You still need to feed on the Word of God constantly. Otherwise, you are in a constant danger of spiritual starvation. You cannot make it coming to church once a week or even twice a week. You have to read the word. You have to feed your soul. You have to start a book in the Bible and finish it. You cannot jump around and just hope that you will get the word that you are seeking for, for today. You need to study the word so that, so that it's planted in your soul very deep. And when you need it, it will come out. When Jesus was tempted, uh, he didn't say, Wait a minute, I'm going to look on my concordance what Bible verse fits uh, for the occasion. The Word of God was planted in his heart and he was able to respond to the circumstances. The Holy Spirit has promised that he will be with us and he will remind us. But you know what remind is? Bring back to mind. It cannot bring back to mind something that was never in your mind. So the promise of the Spirit is not to read the the Bible for you. It's to remind it for you. It's to remind what the Word of God says. And remind needs a first mind. The first mind is yours. The Holy Spirit is the second. The Holy Spirit promised to remind you anything that you need in the moment of desperation. And then you will be able to hear the Word of God when you're actually needing it and this brings me to my third point if we want to be able to discern the voice of God we need to exercise our senses constantly it says the author of Hebrews says you should be teachers by now but you cannot you're still feeding on milk because you have haven't tuned your senses to the discernment of good and evil it says the solid food is for the mature ones for those that through practice have their senses tuned to discern between good and evil what's maturity is practice Spiritual maturity is the fact that you have practiced to listen and discern the Word of God constantly. When you try to listen to the voice of God in a moment of desperation, but you haven't made the right decisions on a regular basis, it becomes very hard to hear when there is too much noise. In, in the room, you know that stressful circumstances bring noise to our souls. Yeah. And there is so many voices in the stress. Why is it stress? Because there is pressure in, in opposite direction. That's what causes stress. No, there is a pressure in opposite direction that's stressing our life. It's stressing our souls. When there, you have so many things pressing and stretching you in different directions, it's very hard to start at that point, discerning between good and evil. The thing is, when you discern it on a regular basis, when that pressure is not there, but yet you are seeking to please God constantly. Yes, you are seeking to do what's right constantly. You're seeking to live your life to glorify God in every area of your life. Not just only in certain aspects that seems to be more spiritual than others, but in every single aspect of your life that you may glorify him and in everything that you are doing, you are seeking to please him, whether the way you raise your family, the way you lead your home, the way you, you do your job, the way you study, everything should be to please him and that will give you the constant discernment between doing right and wrong you cannot pretend to do right only for the big stuff that doesn't happen you have to do right for the simple things of life for the small details of life and when you do, i use you train your soul you train your senses To do what is right, when the big things come, you already have the muscles built to listen to the word of God and to do the word of God. Because every time the Bible speaks about listening to the voice of God, it always is involved with action. In the scripture, listen is not a passive verb. It's an active verb. Every time that you're talking about listening is always attached to the idea of doing. Never just, oh, what a great revelation. I had never read that Bible verse in that way. Oof, I didn't know that that meant. That's not the idea of listening to the Word of God to find <laughs> hidden meanings to every verse out there. Oh, what, what what a revelation. It's something that I had never heard before. What you know What? You need to do what is plain and forward in the scripture with no hidden meaning. What does the Lord ask? What does the Lord expect from you? To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humble before him. You know, there's no hidden meaning there. Yet, that is so hard to do, and you have to do it on a daily basis. You have to do it on a daily basis. Listening to the voice of God is not uh, something that will suddenly come to you when you need it the most. It's something that you will develop as you exercise your senses with obedience daily, constantly. It's the exercise what makes us attuned with the word of God, attuned to the spirit of God. The whole point of the letter to the Hebrews is with such a great revelation, if we have such an amazing revelation, we should respond properly. If we have a revelation in Jesus Christ, the God who became man, that idea for us may seem very familiar because we heard it since Sunday school every Christmas. But the fact that God became man is such a mind-blowing truth. The fact that the God of heaven limited himself in human flesh for the love of us is mind-blowing. The way that God was speaking to us through his son wasn't the day that he started saying the Sermon of the Mount. The way that God was speaking through his son was the day that he was born and couldn't say mama yet but he was saying I love you so much that I come to this manger for you God was speaking through his son not only through his words but through his life and when we come to encounter Him, when we come face to face, face to Him, we don't need to hear special supernatural revelations that nobody else had heard before. We need to know the Son of God, that is beyond anything. Beyond anything that we can receive in this world. And the revelation of Jesus Christ. The God of heavens and earth. That became man for the love and sake of us. Should overtake our lives. That there is no place for dullness. Should overtake our lives. That we hunger on his word and we want to feed our souls on it. Should overtake our life in such a way that we have our senses on a daily practice to do his will and live for him. Because all we want. Is to know him and the power of his resurrection. And so that we may be found in him. Not having our own righteousness. But having been covered. And living out of his righteousness. Let's stand and pray. Thank you Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your revelation. Thank you for your voice. Thank you because you speak to us. Thank you because you speak to us. You are a good God. Oh Rabba Baba You speak to us. Having spoken many times to the prophets, you have spoken through us to us through your son. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will open our eyes so we may see the glory of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will open our ears that so we may listen to your voice. Holy Spirit, I pray that the greatness of your majesty, of the revelation of who you are, of your love, we cast, away, we cast away all dullness or laziness in our mind, in our hearts, in our ears. That we may know you, Father. That we may know you, Jesus. That we may know you. That we may hear you. That we may obey you. That we may follow you. That we may serve you. Because you are so good to us. We want to live for you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. We worship you. We worship you. We acknowledge your greatness, your goodness, your grace, your favor. You're good to us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. May the Lord bless you. Let's give a hand praise for that word. That was an awesome word. An awesome word. At this time, if there's if you have any prayer needs, please, I want our ministry team to come up. And and if anyone needs prayer for anything, you can come up front and receive prayer. Uh, how many receive something from that word tonight? Amen, take that. So Father, right now, we thank you for the word that has come forth. We pray, Lord, that it's, it's fallen on good ground. We pray that hearts have received it, and Lord, that we pray that the enemy will not snatch any part of that word. But it will take root. It will, it will settle in the hearts of men and the women that are here, Lord God. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a blessed week, but if you need prayer, please come for it. Amen.